Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on Believe. And you know we like to dabble in politics. We've often referenced the three stooges that we have governing <laughs> the state of Florida here with uh, Marco Rubio and Rick Scott and, of course, uh, the aspiring presidential candidate, Ron DeSantis, as governor. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome. We want to get right into this because this is quite a distinguished moment for us here on the program or any platform that we've ever performed on to welcome to the program a man who's been uh, a, a metronomic presence of rationale when it comes to government in the Senate since 1975. Uh, we welcome to the show uh, the distinguished uh, senator from Vermont, Patrick Leahy. He has a book out, The Road Taken, and uh, this is a memoir of uh, all of his years, many years in politics, which covers a long, long time. Uh, we welcome to the show Patrick Leahy. Senator, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us here on the program. I, I'm fine. I'm delighted to have the uh, chance. I'm thinking where you're located, you probably have an influx of Vermonters about January uh, coming down. They they seem to prefer the weather in Fort Lauderdale to the weather in Vermont. But uh, I know my parents used to come down there. But no, I'm delighted to be. And I, uh, it, it's been an interesting uh, 48 years, right? I, I, as I say in the, the book, The Road Taken, I first got there and I had some uh, senators say to me, one of the older senators said, boy, he said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 34. Anybody ever tell you you're too young to be in the United States Senate? <laughs> and I said, yeah. My, I said, my opponent, for one. <laughs> and he he loved it. I mean, this crusty old, well, crusty old is probably the age I am now, but uh, we got along fine after that because I, I didn't back down. I guess it was a, it was a test, and uh, although I came in as the two youngest, and then Senator Joe Biden and myself, we were called the kids. That's funny. But we tried to make the most of it. It's uh, been a long evolution, too. Uh, interesting to me because <laughs> I was in college in, in the late 60s, early 70s, of course. Uh, uh, we uh, were very interested in political movements, and uh, supposedly, you know, we thought that maybe, you know, at the time uh, with the hippy dippy movement, we could change the world. Uh, this was around the time that uh, you were elected and came into the U.S. Senate, and it seems like with the remarkable progress we've made in so many areas, uh, technology, and, and just about everything uh, that's happening today, so radically different than it was uh, 50 years ago. Uh, it seems like on a political front, we've regressed. I, I don't know. Uh, do you share that opinion, uh, Senator Leahy, that uh, I mean, it seems like we've gone back into the Stone Age in terms of the way uh, politics is interpreted by the two parties? Well, I, I do worry about it. And I, I, in, in the book, The Road Taken, I, I go in there and talk about how senators would get together in both parties, I talk with each other, uh, work out their differences on legislation, knowing that the, nobody would break their word. It was it was just understood that, and I mean, I use examples at that time, and people may not remember Hubert Humphrey and Barry Goldwater, but both had 
been the party's nominees for presidency. Barry Goldwater, very conservative Republican. Hubert Humphrey, very liberal Democrat. And the two would sit there uh, in the evening probably sharing a cocktail, teasing each other, and then agreeing on a major piece of legislation, each one giving some, and it would pass and the country was better off. Now we've broken down more and more into just party-line votes, and that's saying that only one party has all the answers. I don't believe in that. I'm the only Democrat ever elected in Vermont's history, the only state that's elected only one. And when I watch how my own state has changed. I, I talk with our Republican governor quite often as we're doing things that will affect the state of Vermont. But I also uh, talk to all our de Democratic and Republican legislators uh, to get ideas. We're not. There's too much of thinking that if you're in the other party, you have no ideas worthwhile. Now, fortunately, we have some instances where we come together. We come together in support for Ukraine, uh, standing up to Russia. I applaud uh, President Biden for bringing a, a actually fractured NATO back together to get all these countries to line up in their opposition. Uh, to Putin. I know the former president called Putin a genius, and uh, he even called him a genius when he started the war against Ukraine. Well, he's not a genius. Yep. He's a war criminal. Yep. He's a war criminal. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, that was some show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, use this language uh, on the podcast, uh, but uh, it rhymes with zit, uh, and uh, that, that would represent everything that's happened uh, during 45's uh, tenure, and, and including in the aftermath. Uh, you know, very, very strange to see, uh, you know, that we've regressed to this point. Uh, well, well, it's people like you that, that keep our faith in the political yes. system, uh, Senator Leahy, and uh, we thank you so much. For joining us here, best of luck uh, with the book, The Road Taken. Yeah, sounds great. I, I'm sure uh, th this would be uh, uh, just a dynamite read for virtually anybody that has an interest in politics and uh, spanning uh, almost 50 years in the U.S. Senate. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, it was quite an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Senator. Be well. All right. Thanks so much. He was just getting rolling there, Louie. Yeah. That, that was, uh, you know, one of the unfortunate uh, byproducts of having a, a time limit when a guy's doing, a, uh, you know, a bunch of interviews. Uh, I almost said a shitload of interviews at one time, uh, which uh, is a way that we get some of these people, uh, which is fine through a PR agency. But uh, the limit of seven minutes on an interview, uh, you know, he, he was just getting rolling. I, I, yeah. I would have loved it if he got going on the uh, whole Trump administration. Because <laughs> uh, this is a guy speaking from within there. Sees what's going on. Well, could we have mentioned that guy gets from Florida? You know, oh, uh, Patrick Leahy. Oh, please. My God, imagine this guy seeing everything. I just Fantastic. like that idea that like you had two opposing. I don't know if they opposed each other. I think because both lost. Humphrey lost an election, and Goldwater lost an election in famous fashion, actually, um, being proclaimed a winner even though he lost. Goldwater got trounced, man. Um, he got annihilated. Um, but like they so still did Hubert. would work together. To get things done, which is what my whole life it was like. I I would sort of turn up. Maybe at Republicans they'd turn up, at Democrats, but it wasn't a big war, and especially government wise. Now over the last what ten years, I guess, it's become like you are on one side, you're on the other side, and 
That's how it's supposed it's to be. It's a rank out fight. And it makes no yeah. sense. I don't get it. I just don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, no matter what happens, no matter what the move is, I mean, uh, it's just a polar opposition uh, in terms of the opinion uh, of the two parties. And, uh, you know, it, it can't be. No, it uh, every anybody. single idea that comes up is of zero value from, from either side. Exactly. Although I would tend to lean towards saying that, uh, you know, the, the far right wing Republicans uh, certainly, uh, you know, are, are espousing things that uh, I find to be a little bit far fetched in terms of being good for humanity, like uh, eliminating your rights and trying to get less people to be able to go out there and vote. All right, we don't want to dive too much into that because there, there was a development in government and, and I do have an interest in it. OK. And uh, that was the excusing of uh, anywhere from 10 to 20 grand in student loans, in uh, the obligation to pay back uh, federal student loans. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan of uh, anything that helps anybody out that's in a jackpot, uh, as uh, most people would be. Um, I, I don't mind the idea of the uh, government uh, giving money to the people directly. Uh, should it be discriminating in terms of, uh, wow, there's some truck driver that had to, uh, you know, mortgage his home and, and throw his life savings into buying his own vehicle so he could get started independently. And all of a sudden, uh, th this poor guy is uh, facing gas prices and diesel gas prices that are enormous and uh, all kinds of problems with his business and now finds himself in a jackpot. Should he not get some kind of relief from the government while, uh, you know, a student that's making $125,000 a year, two years out of college, is being forgiven ten grand for a student loan? Uh, of course, you, you could see all, all kinds of uh, different inequities in there. But in general, I'm in favor of helping people. Yes. And that's why I, I was thinking that the next wave of financial forgiveness needs to address what, what we're all about here on the show. And that is the degenerate gambler. <laughs> and there should be a loan shark amnesty. and bookmaking amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, if you don't owe anybody any money and nobody is chasing you and you're not, uh, you know, one of those people that's afraid to walk outside or, uh, you know, worried that uh, as soon as you step out into the street, you're going to be hit by a car because, uh, you know, you, you hadn't paid the juice in, in over three months. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said they would find you and they did. <laughs> <laughs> then certainly two dimes at the very least for every person that has an account with either DraftKings or FanDuel would be in order and have them funnel your home betting account mm -hmm. or, and, you know, funnel money into your home betting account. What would that not be appropriate at this point in time? I mean, would that not be, if we had more time with Senator Patrick Leahy, I would have asked him about this. The next form of logical relief, <laughs> degenerate gamblers. You think Definitely. he would have entertained that or just thought we were crackpots at that point? He may, he may have. <laughs> I don't know if he would know you were talking about. <laughs> He's like 82. <laughs> I'm not sure he knew he was even he on the air. I mean, uh, I really want to be honest about it. They just probably said, okay, Pat, next. Talk about the book. Well, he knew we were in Fort Lauderdale, so give him that much. No, he was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, in seven know. minutes, what, what are you going to really establish? I don't know if you would have taken story? Your, your bookie amnesty. <laughs> Seriously. If I had time, I would have brought it up. I know Believe you would have. It's very much on my mind ever since this I'm whole sure. student loan concept. You're like, screw the student. What about the degenerate? <laughs> Who's in worse shape? Some guy with a doctorate in, uh, you know, philosophy? It's, uh, you know, now a professor at a local community college and grinding out 80 grand or me. Stuck 12,000 and, uh, you know, having to pay the, uh, just a hideous amount of juice 
every week. And I'm not alone, movie. I know I'm not alone I in this thing. All right. Uh, on that note, are we betting any preseason football? We have the final games of the preseason no. in the NFL <laughs> on tap this week. And then a week hiatus and then the NFL. I did watch some of the game on the Amazon broadcast last night. Oh, yeah. There was a game last night. I forgot. How was that? I oh. had it on Amazon. And uh, it turns out I'm a subscriber. And nice. after about an hour and a half, I was able to figure out how to access my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> They have you putting your phone up to the television set and then calling somebody and yeah, you're on the hook there with some uh, woman in the Philippines. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> See, I watch Amazon regularly, so I it's just up there for me. It's one of my apps. So, All right, what do you make of this? I don't know. Is it a big deal? Uh, ESPN is using its uh, alternative crew there, okay. which uh, these guys are going to be relegated to, uh, you know, some you know minor streaming service that ESPN provides. Uh, while, uh, you know, they're paying $150 million uh, to uh, bring in uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to do their games. Now, they've had a couple of preseason games on ESPN, and they even had one on a Monday night, which was what Buck and Aikman were lured away from uh, what were already, like, ridiculously lucrative contracts for what, what the job actually entails. I mean, uh, don't, don't think for a second this is a difficult job. It is not. No, no. It's an easy job. It's about as easy a job as you can get. Now, you may have to do a little bit of research and uh, you know, study up a little bit. But, the, but if you're around a sport, and this is all you do is do like NFL games once a week, you can be up on the NFL enough to not have to do really any studying going into any game. I mean, honestly. Maybe you want to familiarize yourself if you're the play-by-play guy with some of the roster numbers. I mean, that's always a good idea. So who's 27, Troy? <laughs> he looks good to me. <laughs> and they have spotters and all of that. But, you know, it, it helps a lot. Here's the thing about calling pro games. Uh, I did a lot of college uh, football, not football, but uh, basketball and baseball. And, and, and the thing is, uh, even in baseball, we have nine guys on the field. You know your own team. Oh, yeah. So you really only have to, uh, you know, familiarize yourself with the numerology of the other team. You, you've seen your team enough to know uh, who a guy is uh, just by watching the way they move. All right. So so you're pretty familiar with your own team. And, and you know, that's true. Basketball, baseball, football. You, you have a good idea what's going on with your own team. So yeah. so it isn't that hard. It, it's not a job that requires a 90 million dollar oh, salary. No, no, no. And you're not. It just isn't, right? It's not attracting people. Like we've talked about, no one's going there to, to. You pay people a lot of money because people are going to watch them. No one's going to listen to Buck and Aikman. They're just not. I mean, even if they're the best ever. We love Ian Eagle. He's become a dear friend. Great. I, I don't turn on a game when I know he's there. I'm like, oh, good. And it, it I'm happy if he's happy, doing it. Yes. But I didn't turn on the game for him. I mean, we've, we've no. talked with him about that. You know, he admits wouldn't it. He, wouldn't have even known. All right. And, uh, you know, uh, these guys, once they become sort of competent professionals, uh, they, they do a good job. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, they do enough games where you, you have it down. You know the pattern. Yeah. You're able to work with the crew and, uh, you know, make it uh, seem uh, like, like there's a, a tremendous symmetry to the way the broadcast is coming off. And you're even able under uh, difficult times when there's technical uh, problems, uh, when there are technical problems, you're able to hold it together for, uh, you know, the crew. And, and, and they appreciate that yes. if that's your uh, job is as the lead announcer in a game. Okay, so it's not like any clown can just jump in there and do it. You know, like you can't necessarily bring Joe Fan in and he's going to do a professional broadcast, but but it isn't difficult and, and not worthy of the kind of money that's being doled out to attract this kind of talent. All right, so in the meantime, ESPN, they've done some preseason games and they just did a Monday night game. Yes. And they, uh, two of them, I think they've done, and they had their alternate crew in there. Yes. So they haven't debuted Aikman and uh, Joe Buck yet. 
So I was curious to see what Amazon was going to do because they're brand new at this whole thing. And uh, this was their first telecast. And uh, they did have Al Michaels in there and Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, wow. And, and their eight team doing a game. Okay. Now, I would have to say there wasn't really much differential in what you were getting. I mean, uh, nothing against Michaels and, and Herbstreet. Uh, they seemed to be well-informed and on top of what they were doing. Yeah. Michaels, obviously, an established and uh, very, very competent and, and uh, you know, top-notch pro. Uh, not my favorite guy, but, uh, you know, can't complain about what he does. I mean, uh, he knows how to call a game. Yeah. And um, Herbstreet, you know, seemed to know the pros. I mean, uh, he had pretty good insight into uh, some of these guys, especially the rookies that were playing. Um, he was schlubbering on. I mean, it wasn't quite Lewis Riddick where, where you know, you, you want to throw a brick at the television set after a while. But um, not much to uh, separate the two broadcasts, I would have to say. And uh, Michaels, you know, scored a, a giant deal to uh, do the Amazon games and Herb Street uh, making an enormous amount of money to be the color analyst. But uh, I, I don't understand why the, these uh, networks were tripping all over each other to hire these guys away. Uh, you'd almost be better off with some new blood. At this point, no. Well, I mean, it's what I you've mean, seen NBC is doing there. I, I think it's nepotism, so I don't know how competent he is, but uh, is his name Jack Collinsworth? Chris Collinsworth's son. Yeah, yeah, Chris Collinsworth's son. That's nepotism. To do, because remember, Breeze was sort of fired. He wasn't really good. He yeah. thinks he was great. He was not great. He was, it was shocking because I thought Breeze would be one that would be good at it. I thought he'd be really good, yeah. Heard him do interviews. He wasn't that great. He was, yeah. not, no, no, he was bad. He was not good. He, he wasn't bad. as bad as Urban Meyer. He's not Meyer. He to get jobs as an analyst. He wasn't Meyer, but when, yeah. I, I don't know, well, a studio analyst, Meyer's not even good at that. Like, Breeze is okay as a studio analyst, but Breeze doing color for Notre Dame was not good. Now, maybe it was college. I don't know. But he wasn't good. So it's Jack Collinsworth, and I forgot who they're pairing him with to do Notre Dame games because Dorico got bumped up to do Sunday Night Football, or is it Monday? Right. Whatever the hell day Sunday NBC Night Football, has, yeah. No? yeah. Um, he was waiting in the wings. They, they had a knife in, uh, <laughs> in L. Michael's back already. And, and it happens, right? It happened to us in the radio. I mean, we got uh, aced out by Brady Quinn, which is still an embarrassment. <laughs> I want, yeah, it's one thing, uh, you know, you, I, and there used to be a time where, uh, you know, I would have oh, Jason Garrett. It. Oh, my God. It's Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. Are Jason doing Garrett, yeah. Games. It doesn't sound like an overwhelmingly dynamic <laughs> team. But, uh, maybe they'll turn out to be the best. Well, we don't know. But it was interesting because uh, Michaels was on the uh, preseason game there for Amazon. Yeah. And, uh, well, they, they haven't been around. So, I mean, how would they have established an alternative team? And if they ever wanted to showcase the fact that they're uh, going to have, like, a top-notch broadcast on this uh, streaming service, essentially, it, it would behoove them. And, uh, you know, and they obviously, uh, you know, figured that this was uh, the way it should go, is uh, to break out the A-team on the announcing. And, you know, it was fine. Uh, there was nothing wrong with what they did on the uh, telecast on Amazon last night. So, uh, what, Jeff Bezos makes more money? I guess. Unbelievable. I don't know. He found out Hottie, man. He stole her away from some, like, big-time uh, talent agent. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, who has the bigger whatever, right? Bankroll, <laughs> I guess it was in this case. <laughs> All right, we have to get out of here. Right, thanks. I mean, that was kind of an oddball uh, edition. Yes. Of uh, After Hours with Senator Patrick Leahy, senior uh, Democratic senator, uh, and uh, been in, in office since 1975. That, that's pretty good. It said eight terms. How is that possible? That's only 32 years. 75, uh, you know, is like 48 years. Maybe some of them are four-year. Maybe at one point you, what, he got eight four year years. terms? Well, what are they just, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's elected into perpetuity, this guy? It's like the Bobby Bonilla contract. Unbelievable. It's operating on it. Just keeps getting paid. <laughs> 
All right, a lot of fun being with you. Uh, we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz, it's been After Hours. A pleasure being with you. Our thanks to Senator Patrick Leahy for joining us here on his show. Consider this loan shark amnesty, Joe. All right? <laughs> that would get you know, solidify my vote. <laughs> I don't care if you run again at 100 years old. It's fine. <laughs> Actually seems to be uh, making some progress so lately, Finally, which is yeah. a very odd yeah, yeah. political <laughs> development that anybody be making any progress except uh, towards the distant far right. So far to the right that we can smell Russia from here, <laughs> Donnie Boy. <laughs> All right, for Mike Luby Lubitz, who uh, doesn't necessarily want to be associated with those no. thoughts, although I know he agrees with me. I agree, but no. <laughs> I'm Jeff DeForest saying, uh, no matter who you're voting for, no matter who gets elected, keep the faith, people. you got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.